This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Blessed to be here. Really blessed to be the to be the guy who gets to preach the first uh, first service in our new space. Uh, I was definitely honored when when uh, Freddie T texted me last week. I, I was also surprised, if I'm honest. It's like asking the backup quarterback to to come off the practice squad and and uh, quarterback the Super Bowl, right? So um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Ephesians chapter two. I'll give you I'll give you all a second to get there while I kind of share a little bit. My name is Eric Malloy. As, uh, as Freddie T said, I'm married to Sarah. She's sitting over here in the front row. She doesn't like all the attention, so like, I, won't, I, won't, I won't do that to her. Uh, we have two kids. Our oldest is 21. Uh, I was just texting with him this morning. He is in the Navy's active duty station over in Washington State. Um, and as, if, if things all go well, we get to have him for over Thanksgiving, and then he goes on deployment for nine months. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's excitement. But you know, if y'all can pray for that as well, that'd be great. Uh, our youngest is Kayla. She's 19. She lives back in Washington State as well. That's where my wife's from. Um, and she lives with family, kind of um, working and, and all those kinds of things. I grew up in South Carolina originally, um, so that makes me a Gamecock. So coming back to Tennessee feels a little bit more like home, you know, maybe a little bit more north. But uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I became a Christian at 13. Um, right before I, like 10 days before I turned 14, it was awesome when last week when Freddie T was like, hey, can you think of that moment? I was like, I 100% can think of that moment. I was sitting in youth camp, some guy preached the gospel, and I thought, hey, you know, I really believe that. And uh, that was kind of the moment for me. Um, struggled here and there, you know, grew up in a non-Christian home. Um, so, of course, you, if, if any of you were like that, you understand what that feels like. You know, you become a, a, a believer as a teenager, and you're like, man, how do I, how do I navigate being a teenager and being a Christian and, and not sharing the same values. And, and, and so it was tough. Uh, the Lord really became real to me in college. I began interning in student ministry, spent three years there. Um, through some circumstances, um, decided that I needed a break from ministry and from church and from Jesus. Joined the, joined the Navy, spent nine years. Um, as Sarah and I like to joke around, I spent nine years building my testimony. Um, and uh, doing some things that, um, you know, were tough. I, I was a submariner, not submariner, it's submariner. Um, yes, I was one of those crazy people who spent months on, at a time underwater. Um, it was great. Met some of my best friends in the entire world when I did so. Met my wife when I was stationed out in Washington, so that's probably the most exciting part. Got out, um, you know, it was medically separated, so if you're a veteran or you, you guys understand what that's, what that's like. Got medically separated, moved to my wife's hometown. We got back involved in church, got back in student ministry. Through that, God called us to church plant. We church planted in her hometown. We were there for several years, always with the idea of church planting in Boston in our heart. Um, that church plant was um, just a movement of God. Uh, we baptized like 75 people our first year. Um, people would be like, hey, what do you guys do? And we're like, we have, we have no idea. We just show up, preach the gospel, and people believe in Jesus. Like, I really, to this day, I have no idea what happened. I just know God did something amazing. Um, and I just got to be part of it. We moved to Boston uh, in 2014. Um, to church plant. Somehow, in the midst of that, God called me to pastor an almost 400-year-old church, um, which uh, I was like, that's very far from church planting, but sure, God, we'll jump on board. We were there for almost seven years, and it was an awesome experience. We've met some lifelong friends, but we always knew that 
God had put in my heart and put in our hearts to minister to veterans, to minister to military members and, and you know, anybody else who, who we get caught. We always say that we, we, uh, we shoot with a shotgun, you know, um, just whoever gets kind of hit as we go to uh, preach the gospel or go to do ministry. Um, so that was always kind of in our heart and we just knew there were some things that needed to happen and one of which was handing the church over, which we've done. And, um, you know, God's just really done awesome work with the uh, church plant that we gave the building to. Um, and like Freddie T said, we moved here about a year earlier than we originally planned. Um, it was one of those things God clearly just was like, it's time to go. Um, and so here we are, um, excited to do so. And, you know, like he said, uh, the plan is to plant a church on the north side of town with a, with a goal to reach veterans and military and, and uh, man, anybody else who wants to, wants to come up, be on board. We're not going to, like, check ID cards or anything at the door, make sure you serve. Like, we're not, you know, there's no secret handshake, none of those kinds of things. But we, we, we do have, we reach that. Again, I don't want to, you know, it's not the thing. Um, let me recap a little bit. So uh, I'm a big... Uh, I, like, like, like Freddie T, I like to preach through books of the Bible. And I think it's really important to understand where we're at in the context of things. You know, like if you were to pick up a novel or you were to pick up a book and you just thumb to like the middle of the book, you would be absolutely lost and clueless to what's going on. Um, so it's, I always like to think of it as the beginning of, you know, if you've ever watched a TV show or if you watched 24 back in the day, you know, it's always previously on 20. So I always think it's important for us to kind of do that, right? So last week, Freddie T, what does he talk about? He talked about our condition, right, that we are dead in our sin, dead in our trespasses, right? We get to verse 4, by grace you have been saved. And then we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, why is that important? Well, it's, it's going to completely tie into what we're going to talk about today as we kind of continue that, that, that passage and that idea in, verse, in, in, in verses uh, 8, 9, and 10. So if you have, have your Bibles, have your Bibles, your phones, whatever device you might possibly use, uh, we're going to pick up in Ephesians 2, 8, uh, and we'll be through verse 10. So... Um, and Paul just starts right, right back off. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, so I'm going I'm to summarize my sermon in the beginning. I know that, that feels a little like backwards, right? But, but I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about. We're, we're going to summarize the sermon, we're going to summarize this passage in three words for you this morning, all right? That three words, and then we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about grace, we're going to talk about gift, and we're going to talk about workmanship, right? Those are the three key words that we're going to talk about this morning, all right? So um, I, I was an, when I was in the military, I was an instructor, uh, I was a teacher, uh, a high school teacher for a few years, right? So this is like one of those, one of those things they, they teach us. It's also helpful in this, is that I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. We're going to talk about it. We'll summarize it at the end. There's not a quiz, all right? We're not, nobody's going to quiz you at the end. I, I was a teacher. We're not going to do that, right? But uh, it is important. So let's talk about this thing. First of all, the first word is grace. It's important because what do we see? We see Paul repeat himself from verse 4. What does he say in verse 4? For by grace you have been saved. What does he say in verse 8? For by grace you have been saved. Though this time he, he changes a little bit, doesn't it? He adds what? Through faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Why is that important? Well, I always feel like, you know, when, when people repeat themselves, it's because they're making a point. You ever hear listen to someone speak or like, you know, maybe in high school you were a good student and, you know, the, the teacher repeats themselves and you're like, hmm. I'm going to hear that one again, right? I should pay attention here. 
that's going to be on the test. I myself was not a good student, so that's what I hear other people say when you're a good student, but like, I would not fall into that category. Right? So, so Paul says, for by grace you have been saved, and then just a few lines later says, for by grace you have been saved. Well, I'm at least a good enough student to know if he says it twice that close together, he's really making a point that he wants us to understand, right? For by grace you have been saved. So he says it there. Well, we have to understand what grace is, don't we? We, like, we, have, like, we have to understand what grace is to understand what Paul's saying. Well, grace, so, so of course I, I, I do what any good preacher does. I look at my commentaries. And the thing is, it's an unearned act of God. Let's think about that for a second. An unearned act of God. But how much stuff in our normal daily life is unearned? Hardly anything anymore, right? I mean, we're expected to what, what you, you go to work. You go to work to earn a living. You, you work at things. Like, I mean, you even, we teach our kids that. We, we taught our kids that, right? If you want something, you work for it, right? You, you earn it. Paul's saying something completely different, that grace is an unearned act of God. By just definition, it means that you cannot work for it, that you can't deserve it, that you can't earn it, or anything like that. Romans 11, he says it this, for if, for if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So if you have to work for it, it's not grace anymore, is it? It's, it's, it's not grace if you have to earn it. So Paul's saying, for by grace you have been saved. And then he adds a little part here. What does he say? He says, through faith. What, what, what is, why the difference? Like, why does he say for grace you have been saved? And then he says, for grace you have been saved through faith. Well, grace, just like faith, is something that's given to us. We don't, we, don't, we don't earn our faith. We don't deserve our faith. It is, it is a gift from God. Philippians 1.29 says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. We're not going to talk about the suffering part today. That would be a whole other sermon that we could dive into. Right? We're not going to derail here. I, I know I'm under a time limit, so like we're, we're, we're not, we're not going to sidetrack here. We're going to focus on the what? That it has been given to us and it has been granted to us for the sake of Christ. That we have been gifted it. So what do we see here? We say, by grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved through faith. Man, both of those things are things we cannot earn. We cannot deserve. Why? Because they are both gifts that come from God. Which takes us to our second word this morning. Gift. Gift. Anybody ever, you, you ever, so, so I'm at work the other day. And this girl comes in and she's like, hey, I'm just going to buy my husband a, a gift. Just, just cause, and of like, of course, like, I mean, I work at a gun shop, I work at, I work at a gun store. So, of course, when a, a woman comes in, there's, there's, it's, it's smaller, a demographic of, of our, of our bit, of our clientele. And then, so when she announces that, of course, it gets everybody's attention, and they're like, you're buying your husband just a because gift from the gun shop? And of course, we're like, guys, guys, she's married, like, back off, all right? Let her just shop, right? But you guys ever get that, just like the because gift? Or maybe you give just the because gift for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Just, hey, you know, I was thinking about you. Here, I bought you something, right? Hey, I was just thinking about you. Here's that. Uh, I, I really like it when my wife's like, hey, I was just going through the grocery store. Here's a peanut butter cup. You know, like something along those lines, right? That makes me happy. I, I feel good about it. So what do we understand? So a gift, 
literally cannot be something that we earn or work for. Because if we earn or work for it, it's not a gift anymore. It's not a gift. If you earn for it, if you work for it, if you earn it, it's a wage. Think about it. Those of you, you know, if you go to work, what do you work for? You work for a living. If your boss was like, hey, man, I'm not going to pay you this week, I'm betting most of you would be like, hey, man, I'm not coming to work this week. I, I, like, I'm, I, I'll, catch you on, I'll catch you next Monday, right? Because why? Because we're not going to just go gift our time away to people, right? I'm not going to gift my time. I mean, I will for what? For things that I love, for things that I care about, for my church, for people I love, or any of those kinds of things. But for a job, by definition, is what? It's something that I'm not going to go do for free. So we, we talk about this. And, and, and it's funny, you know, I shared when I became a believer, uh, one, of the, one of the verses that actually was amazingly influential in that is uh, Romans 6.23. It says, for the, for the wages of sin is death. So the, what? So if, we wanna, if you want to earn something this morning, you can earn something. But it's not what you want to earn. For the wages of sin. So the working of sin is what? Is death. Separation from God. Physical death. Eternal punishment, right? That's, that's what we can earn. That's, that's the only thing you can earn this morning. But, but look at the next part. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So think about this for a second. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. What are, grace is a gift, faith is a gift. So now what? We get to know Jesus as a gift from God. That flies in opposition to everything that feels normal, to everything that feels natural, to everything that we do in every other aspect of our life. Am I right? I mean, think about it. When you, when you talk about anybody, what is one of the things that we speak negatively about? Oh, they have a sense of entitlement. They just feel like they, they just deserve that. They just feel like they should just be given it. I mean, if we talk about somebody at work, or if we talk about one of our kids, or we talk about anybody we know, if they feel like it should just be given to them, we never speak highly of them. It's a negative thing. Our entire culture, our entire personality, everything that we understand, working for something feels right. Now, God's not against hard work, right? What do we, we see in the Proverbs? He says, if you, if you bother to put your hand on the plow, plow it with all of your might. Right? I mean, God's not anti-hard work. I mean, I, I believe that we should be hard workers. Uh, the Bible's very clear on that. But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to knowing Christ, when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to grace, we are incapable of earning it. We, we, we are inept. Why? What's God's standard? God's standard is perfection. God's standard is holiness. That's what we have to work for. We have to work for that. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I didn't even make it this morning. Left here to go. Sarah was part of the setup team, so I left here to go get coffee. Somebody was driving slow in front of me. I get all frustrated. I'm like, man, I didn't even make holiness like, I didn't even make it to church. And if we're honest with ourselves, I think all of us can say that. So, so we get this idea that what? It's a free gift. Man, that's tough. Martin Luther, the, the great theologian Martin Luther even says that. He says the idea of God's free grace just doesn't make sense to us. The idea of working for it, of earning for it, that feels natural. Praise God that that's not the case, correct? 
Gifts are what we receive based on what? On nothing that we've done. People just give you a gift. Now I'm talking about like, you know, when you're a kid. We got kids in here. Uh, when you're a kid and they're like, hey, Santa's watching. Got the elf on the shelf. Thankfully our kids were a little old by the time elf on the shelf rolled around. We weren't, we weren't doing a whole lot of that. I also think I'd have gotten in a lot of trouble with my wife for any pose, anything that, anywhere I would have moved the elf. Um, come on, you, you guys have seen those great pictures, right, where they're like hanging upside down, surrounded by the G.I. Joes and stuff like that. Like, you definitely know dad did that, right? 100%. But with that, that's the case, right? Gifts are what we received what? Based on nothing we've done. We can't earn. Well, if we can't earn it, we can't boast about it, right? He goes on to say that in a minute. He says, it is, it is a free gift that no one may boast. Could you imagine if heaven was a place that you could boast about? Come on, man. We, we all know that one-upper. Everybody's worked with the one-upper. You know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Could you imagine if you could boast about how you got to heaven? It would be an eternity of one-upping. An eternity of it, right? You'd be like, hey, man, I went to church. Really, you went to church? Well, I was born in the church. I grew up in the church. Well, I pastored a church. Well, I pastored a bigger church. Well, I mean, it would be an eternity of that. And that sounds like the furthest thing in the world from heaven, right? I mean, it sounds horrible. But what does he say? He says, it can't, we can't boast in it. We can't be the person who says, hey, guys, look what I've done. Because, hey, you haven't done anything. I mean, actually, the only thing you've done is you've earned sin, death, and hell, right? That's all you've done. Jesus has done everything else. Think about the best gift you ever got. I think mine was, if you're young in here, I'm going to date myself for a second. I got an 8-bit Nintendo when I was like 9. And that was like, in the 80s, man, listen, that was, that was worth its like weight in gold. It was awesome. I'd found it when I was a kid. Uh, you know, come, come on, man. Y'all know, know what you do. You snoop around your parents' room, try to figure out what your Christmas presents are. This is the one, this is the last time I ever did it because I was, man, I was disappointed. I found my Nintendo and I was like, yeah, yeah, I got a Nintendo. And then I opened up my gifts on Christmas morning and there's no Nintendo. And I'm like, you know, you're trying to pretend to be excited and you're like, where's my Nintendo at? You're like, so that's, so, so that's everything? Like, there's, there's nothing. Nothing else under the tree, Mom and Dad? So I go to my stocking, and there's, like, a clue in it. So I have to go play, like, I have to pretend, like, I don't know what I'm getting. And I have to do this scavenger hunt around my house to find the gift I already know that's coming. Talk about disappointment. I was like, I'm like, I'm like nine. I'm like walking around. I was like, this is literally the last time I'm snooping around for presents because this is the worst, most disappointing feeling ever. Because one, I already know what I'm getting, and I just want to be playing Mario by now, right? Or shooting that, that stupid dog in Duck Hunt who, who mocks you, right? That's what I want to be doing. I don't want to be running around my house looking for games and stuff like that. No, so I got the gift. Well, what do you do? You call your friends. Hey, I got a Nintendo. This is awesome. You're not like, hey, I worked really hard, and my parents said I was a good kid. I wasn't. And they gave me this, this present that I earned. No, you're like, I got this cool gift. Look how great it is. You're excited that what? It was given to you. You're, you're, you're happy to tell everybody, look at this awesome gift I got. You want to show everybody, look at this cool Nintendo. Man, come on over to the house. Let's play some Mario. Because I'm much better than you are because you don't have one. And I'm going to win. 
but we're excited because we can't boast. I couldn't boast in anything I did, could I? Because I didn't do anything to deserve it. I'm nine, man. I can't afford a Nintendo. Somebody just gave it to me. And I was excited. Yo, that's what, that, uh, that's what grace is. That's what faith is. It is the gift that God gives us that none of us can earn. None of us can deserve. And we should be like that nine-year-old on, on, on Christmas morning who's like, look at this awesome gift I have. I want to tell everybody. I want to show everybody what I can't earn and I can't deserve. Because the difference is you're not boasting in what you've got. You're boasting in, in, in the giver who gave it to you. We can't boast enough in Jesus. We can't. Why? I mean, look at think about what the Bible, how the Bible describes God. He's he's numbered the he, he's named the stars. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head. For some of us, that's much easier to count than others. He knows the n- number of days of your life, of your life. He sustains the universe by the word of his mouth. I mean, how much can you 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 can't overboast about him? Our job as believers is to tell people about Jesus, right? When we get excited, we understand what he's done for us. Well, then we're going to be excited to tell others about what he's done and what he can do for them. Of the free gift that God offers to those who, what? Believe. Those who, through faith, believe in his grace. So the reason this happens is because that way, God is the only one who gets the glory. When I tell my friends about that, you're like, they were like, their response was, oh, that's awesome, I can't believe your parents did that for you. I don't get any of the glory. Who gets it? They do. Because I didn't do anything. I didn't go work. I didn't pay for it. No, I was just a snotty little kid who found my, found my gift too early. And when you tell that, when, think about any time you've shared a gift you've gotten from somebody, you've shared anything like that, what do they do? They go, oh, that's, I can't believe they did that. Oh, that's so great. Oh, that's, who do they, they praise the giver. See, the reason that happens is because God is the one who deserves the glory. Not me, not you. That way what? That no one can boast. We go to heaven and we're all on equal footing. Man, we're just simply here because of the grace and the mercy of God. We are simply here this morning in church because of what? The grace and the mercy of God. Maybe you're here visiting. Maybe one of your friends was like, hey, come check this church out. We're going to be in this new space for the first time. Uh, they, maybe you, they bragged about their preacher. <laughs> Joke's on you, right? But listen, I want you to know something this morning. Maybe you woke up this morning and you're like, I don't know if I deserve to go to church. Hey, listen, let's cut to the chase. You don't. But neither do I. Neither does your neighbor. Neither does the friend who invited you. You know why we're here? We're here because we're broken and we're messed up people who just need Jesus. That's it. That's what it's like being a Christian. Somebody once was like, well, Christians are hypocrites. Amen we are. It's like the first qualification to be a Christian is to understand that you're going to be a hypocrite for the rest of your life. Because you preach about this holy, wonderful God that you can never measure up to. I mean, it, it's, it, like you have to admit that you're a sinner before you can be a Christian. Like, you have to be like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bad. I'm pretty incapable. 
So what, we, we get all of this. Now here's the fun part, right? I'm going to talk about gifts and all this stuff, and then my last word is workmanship. What? It doesn't really flow, does it? Right? What do we, we, we talk about what? Grace, gift, workmanship. How in the world is working? Eric, you're undoing everything you just talked about. That's if I was telling you you had to be the worker. Let's read verse 10 again. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So it seems weird to close with this, but here's the idea. Is this workmanship, if you look at it, it is literally a thing of his making. I love what Freddie T got up and he talked about how maybe some of us are struggling this morning or we're dealing with some stuff. I want you to know this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, you are his workmanship. You are a thing of his making. You're the thing that he formed and he stepped back and said, look at that. Look what I made. So when you feel imperfect and you feel less than Remember this, you are a thing of his making. You are his handiwork. You are the thing that God created with the blood of his son. Should be a reminder that we can't earn it, we can't deserve it, we can't work for it. In fact, he works for it. He works for it that he might give us the gift. Not just physically, spiritually, we are his creation. What are we created to do? Well, he, said, he tells us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Here's the greatest part. So when we were, we were, when we were at church planning before, we got in this big kick. We were like, all right, we got to evangelize. We got to share the gospel. People were convicted. We had this group chat. And I was like, guys, start praying for God to give you opportunities to share the gospel. Here's the crazy part. When you pray and ask God for things he wants you to do, you know what happens? He gives you the opportunities to do it. Like literally everybody who was like, I'm praying for chances to share the gospel, like a day later, hey, I gotta share the gospel with my coworker. Isn't that crazy? When God when when there's something God wants you to do, he gives you chances to do it. So we get to do good things that God prepared before. He's gone before us and prepared the good works that we can do for him. Because we are what? We are the what he has created. We are his workmanship. So one of the things I want you to know is why we reviewed, remember Freddie T, I have the power, he man, by the way, like I was a kid when that came out, like I geeked out so hard on that. That was awesome. I was so excited. I almost went home and watched like the he man cartoon because I was, I was so fired up for that. But here's the thing. I want you to know something this morning. The same Holy Spirit, the same power that was given to us to save us is the same power and the same Holy Spirit that sustains us. I think so many times we get this mistaken, and, and I, think it's, I think it's oftentimes a Bible Belt issue, oftentimes a, a Southern issue, is we get this idea that the gospel's for them, or for your neighbor who you brought to church this morning, or for people who need to hear it. What does Paul say in the beginning of Romans? He says, I have longed to come to you that I might preach the gospel to you. He's saying it to the church. Because the gospel's for us every day. We should be reminded every single day, man, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Man, God sent his son Jesus that we might know him, that by grace, through faith, we are saved. That we might know God. 
that we might be his workmanship created to do good works. How do I know that, that that's the case? Well, uh, Philippians, I'm sorry, Galatians. Look what it says right here. The good works are a what? A result of what Jesus has done for us. I, understand, I need you to understand this this morning. Your good works do not make God happy with you. Your good works do not make God love you more. Your good works are a result of Jesus loving you, saving you, transforming you to be a new creation that you may do good works that he prepared beforehand for you to do to show the world that you love Jesus as a result of what he's already done. It's important for us to understand that. How do I know that? Look in Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Look at that. All of these good things are what? A result of what Jesus has done for us. They're not what we do in order for Jesus to love us. They're not what we do in order for us to be forgiven. They're not what we do in order for us to experience God's grace. They're a result of the grace that God has already given to us. And it's a strong reminder. So if you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, you're a believer, you're a Christian, whatever term you're saved, whatever term you choose to use to describe yourself, I want you to know something. I want you to be free of that yoke that you might feel at times. Free of that weight. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Here, let's make it easy. You're not good enough. That's the point of the gospel. Is that Jesus came to die for those of us who could never be good enough. So live in freedom that God is loving you, forgiving you, transforming you, and work out of the love that he has for you, the grace that he has shown you, the faith that he has given you. Maybe you're here this morning, you just wandered in, you, you, you saw something, your friend invited you, and you're hearing about this for the first time. You're like, this grace, faith in Jesus, I, I need that. I, I want that. We'd ask that you would, 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 would let us know There's you could text mission to 97,000. You can go to the prayer station. You can talk to Pastor Freddie T. You can talk to somebody and, 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 and know what it means to follow Jesus, to be a believer, to, to place your faith in Christ this morning, that you might experience the grace of God, the love of God in a real and in a tangible way. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you so much for your provision for us. Lord, we know that we can never do enough to earn your love. And Lord, we're thankful for that. We're thankful that you provide in a way that's not dependent upon us, but is dependent upon you and your character and what you do and who you are. Lord, I pray for all of us this morning that we would trust in you, that we would rest in the grace that you've provided us.
that we would trust in you, Lord. I pray for anybody here who, who may not know you, anybody watching online who, who may not know you, who may be hearing about the grace of God for the first time. Lord, I pray that you would convict their hearts and that you would draw them to you this morning. Thank you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.